Welcome to the Fabulous 413. I'm Khalees Smith. And I'm Monty Belmonte. Later in the show for Live Music Friday, we welcome Sophie et Adam, a duo inspired by many singing traditions like pub songs from England, cabaret chansons from 1940s Paris, 18th century sacred harp singing, and more. They play 33 Holly in Northampton tonight. We'll also welcome a new contender in the Tina Turner Memorial Wine Thunderdome, tip-top wine shop in East Hampton. And before we get to our first guest, a quick dip into the mailbag in response to our Wednesday segment with the word nerd about misheard song lyrics called Mondegreens, well-informed but incorrect turns of phrase called eggcorns, fun mixed-up syllables called spoonerisms, and good old-fashioned malapropisms. <laughs> Jill Solom w- writes, okay, I got two for you. My wife once mistook the line I'm about to have another blowout in the white stripes, the big three killed my baby, as not about to have another mother, which is hilarious because their child has two. And once at a spoken word open mic, she meant to say they meant to say, I you fought the hardest battle, but accidentally said, You fart the hottest battle. That one hurt. I enjoyed this so much. Keep up the wordy nerdiness. Ben Goldberg writes, Here's my all-time favorite from a smarty pants young kid I know. Cell phone towers are called Cellophone poles. <laughs> In similar veins, Dan Finn writes, self-own instead of cell phone. Self-own instead of cell phone. And one of our engineers, Bart Rankin, said when he was younger, their son, Jin, decided the chocolate brand should be Go Diva instead of Godiva. <laughs> and shout out to Scotty McPherson, who wrote in with one we can't share on the radio. Words we can share on the radio come from a brand new book. <laughs> the Book of Love, in fact. Kelly Link's new book, The Book of Love, is out this week. Came out this past Tuesday. Kelly is a 413 local and co-owns Book Moon, an independent bookstore in Cottage Street in East Hampton with her husband, Gavin Grant. Kelly is a Pulitzer Prize finalist, MacArthur Genius Fellow. We just heard from the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation <laughs> as underwriters. Uh, and queen of the short story. She's proven how much she can do with just a few words. Her short Shortest stories, 12 pieces of flash fiction organized around astrological signs, clock in at around 300 words. But with the Book of Love, she demonstrates her capabilities for expansive world building, complex characters, and intricate plot in a whopping 640 pages, 254 of which I have read thus far. But I'm a slow reader. I was like, I could get to the end by the end of it, but I'm not going to enjoy it if I try to speed read this. I want to savor it. (laughs) I'm just going to go back and start it over because I got a little further than you, but not quite. (laughs) Kelly will be at Book Moon tomorrow, Saturday, February 17th from 3 to 5, signing the Book of Love and her other books, I'm assuming, saying hello and passing out cookies. Kelly, thanks for joining us. Hi. Hi, y'all. Thank you so much. Elise, I think this is the first time I get to congratulate you on Sir Marion, which we have at Book Moon and which I absolutely love. Thank you. Um, Sir Marion is the book that Khalees came out with this summer with Holly Black, who does this expansive fantasy world building fiction and was uh, kind of influential in helping you think about making these bigger form this first ever real novel, right? Is that true? It is my first novel. And yes, Holly uh, was a a big motivator in the sense that Holly wants everybody to write novels. I know, right? (laughs) It was a big point in in our very small book tour that like everybody who talked about like this book versus other books, she's like, so what are you writing now? Are you working on a longer piece? And I'm like, no, maybe maybe short fiction is just where I live, Holly. It's okay. And I, I, I'm going to say one thing about the MacArthur uh, Fellowship, which is one of the things that they say when they call you is they say, 
we don't really think of this as a genius grant. And maybe they only said that to me. Maybe it was me that they said that to. Everybody else they call and they're like, hi, genius. Hey, Here's genius. Money, but... I'd like to speak to the genius at the other end of the phone. Yeah. That's a, it's a weighty mantle to have, but it's awesome. And they give you this incredible amount of grant to do what with what you will. And I think we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, later, but let's talk about the book first. It's yes. called The Book of Love. So when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, you know, maybe it'll be a love story. It's coming out around Valentine's Day, but it's so much more than that. What's what's your way of introducing the uh, our listeners and your readers to this world that you built? The Book of Love begins with uh, three teenagers who disappeared from their small coastal Massachusetts town, suddenly reappearing after a year in a classroom in their high school. And it turns out that they have been dead. Um, and the, the book is about them trying very hard to stay alive, having to learn magic, uh, which is involved in how they died. And um, it's about the other people in the town. It's from many different points of view, mostly from the points of view of those those teenagers, but um, also from the points of view of other people who live in that town or who are involved in the reasons why they disappeared. Mm. And what I love about it is each chapter title is presented as the book of Daniel, the book of Laura, and gives you their current window into how the story is unfolding. So it really is awesome. It, it, it It's cinematic in its scope. Uh, and I hate to say that, you know, when you're reading a book, you imagine it as a movie, but maybe it's just so stimulating in the brain that you see all these visuals with it. Oh, yeah. It's, and, a, it's a highly visual novel. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not sure how a movie of this would get made. But one thing that I thought was really lovely about it is um, like there is that that distance between like writing short fiction and writing something longer. And I wonder, especially having read your short fiction, which I adore if there was any worry about losing or your voice altering on the page in expanding the form that you were working with. You know, I've been writing short stories now for over half of my life. <laughs> and honestly, at a certain point, even when you're doing a kind of work that you love, you think, well, how, how could I change this up? What's, what's, um, that's something that I haven't gotten to do yet. And the novel for me with, um, you know, Holly Black pushing from one side, <laughs> got to write a novel. And honestly, with the the money from the MacArthur grant, uh, which is really a kind of gift that gives you gives you time to do something maybe that you haven't thought about doing previously. Um, and just an aside, you know, we bought the bookstore because of the MacArthur grant, but mm -hmm. also I got to write a novel because of that grant. Uh, so I, one of the things that you don't get to do when you're writing short fiction, you can have setting, but you can't have setting to the extent that you can in a novel. Um, you can have multiple characters, but with a novel, you have as much space as you can create for setting and for character as long as you're um, doing some work to make sure that the reader is willing to go along with you. 
And it's really easy to go along with you. This book is uh, highly consumable. If I wasn't such a slow reader, it would have already been done. And it is long. It's 650, 640-something uh, uh, pages. Really but it doesn't it. feel long. It is real. It, it's rapid and, and fast-paced. And we're speaking to the author of the new book, The Book of Love, Kelly Link, who also is a bookstore owner on Cottage Street in East Hampton. And, you know, we have mentioned that you've got that MacArthur Fellowship that's helped to make this happen. And the the genius seems to continue. The reviews of this book um, have been spectacular. NPR's review says the Book of Love is simply put a magical, confusing, heartfelt, strange, wonderfully written novel that delivers everything fans of Link's short fiction expected while also packing a few surprises. The um, The New York Times uh, review of this is about as good a review as one could possibly hope for, and uh, to me, all uh, totally well deserved. But it takes place in Love's End, Massachusetts, <laughs> uh, which in your book is a coastal town. Uh, how much of Western Mass in your imaginary Massachusetts town makes its way into your fiction, The Book of Love, Kelly Link? I, to be honest, um, this is a book which is Northampton, East Hampton, the Hill Towns, Amherst. It's kind of the the valley, uh, if you put the valley next to the ocean. Which, with global I, warming, we're working really hard to make right. happen. We're going to be there eventually. And, um, know, it would be bad, but I would love being near the beach. Aspirational. <laughs> I, I grew up near the ocean. I grew up in Miami. My husband grew up near the coast in Scotland. And I think both of us find it a little... A little sad um, that we are landlocked, yeah. and so this was, in some way, the more than the magic in the book. Imagining a town next to the ocean uh, was 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 magic for me. Mm. Mm. It's magic to be there. <laughs> One of the things that comes up a lot in the book is music, and there's a band. The main characters are in a band that plays on the characters' names. My two hands, uh, my two, what's it? My two hands. My two hands both know you. Both know you, and <laughs> hand and know are names of the characters. Uh, were you ever in a band? Because I think you write the dynamic of being in a band relationship really well. Well. Thank you. Um, no, I was. I, I. I've never been in a band. The closest I've come is uh, hanging out with other writers and talking about their projects. Occasionally, co co writing the way that you did, Kalise, which that kind of collaborative uh, feeling is is so fabulous, and you don't have it very often when you're a writer. And uh, I had a couple of friends who are musicians or who have been in bands or are in bands read the book because I was doing a lot of stuff that I felt extremely nervous about. And honestly, I'm writing about teenagers. I am no longer a teenager. <laughs> I am writing about um, about music and I am writing about music from the point of view of somebody who loves music but uh, doesn't make it except in the way that we all make music when we sing along to the radio or when we are performing karaoke um you know or when you're singing a song to your dog which i do all the time <laughs> <laughs> we're speaking with kelly link whose new book the book of love was just released this week uh no 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 <laughs> okay. Well, here's a here. This is a my, my brain is frozen. <laughs> wanted to give an opportunity for Cleese to get a question in if she wants one. 
Um, you, d- you did talk. I mean, what I want to ask is specific things about characters, but we should ask more about your bookstore, which I think is an absolutely lovely spot. It's in a fantastic spot in the middle of East Hampton. Um, tell us about the opening of Book Moon that the the Genius Grant that the MacArthur Grant allowed you to do. Uh, we, my husband and I met um, working in a bookstore in Boston. My husband proposed to me in the window in in the window display of that that bookstore um, <laughs> we loved working in a bookstore when we were in our 20s and so maybe four and a bit years ago four and a half years ago white square books uh came up for sale the owner eileen uh was tired as as everybody who works retail hits a point where they think i don't want to do retail anymore and so she was offering it for sale. And because of the MacArthur, uh, we were able to make an offer. And we didn't know um, what it would be like to come back to book selling after 20, 25 years away from it. Um, but we, Gavin and I did know that we really love working together in a bookstore. And that's, that's still true. The thing that we did not expect that sideswiped everybody, of course, was, was the pandemic. But East Hampton is a community that really wants a bookstore. It sure um, does. Yeah, and we are so grateful for that. Um, we are really happy to be the bookstore that that community wants. Um, and there are so many good bookstores in Western Mass that we don't have to be everything to everybody. We can carry the books that we love. Uh, we had a map made of all of the bookstores within a certain radius. And so when you come to our store, we hand you this beautiful illustrated map uh, with a list of all the other places that you could go. Um, and, you know, in the, in the same way that East Hampton was welcoming of Book Moon, we got a lot of fabulous advice from the people at Odyssey and from High Five, um, from Northampton bookstores, you know, all the other bookstores were cheering us on. So that felt pretty fabulous. I can't wait to get that map. First of all, that's just I love maps in general, but the map of bookstores in the area is great. And it, uh, it's, I, it sounds like another band that you're a part of. Like you have a writing band, and then now you have a bookstore <laughs> band, and we'll see absolutely. what the next one brings up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We're all part of like overlapping circles of community, and I love my communities. They're fabulous. We're speaking with Kelly Link, whose new book is The Book of Love, out in stores just this week, including her own store, Book Moon, on Cottage Street in East Hampton. So the the grant allowed you to time to and and space to do the novel and the bookstore. Are there other projects that are that haven't quite come to fruition that it is also allowing you to do that that we'll see in the future? I well, the grant, the period of the grant is now over, which you know oh. is tragic, but all good things come to an <laughs> end. Um, and I, I have, I've started a middle grade, which will be set in West Hampton. Aha. Uh-huh. And I'm going to write a very short ghost story novel next. Um, and I had all that time and space because of the MacArthur to, to think about those projects and to make some headway with them. This book, The Book of Love, is is magical. There's a lot of magic. There's a lot of ghost-esque characters in it as well. And uh, you've been quoted as saying that you wanted to be inspired by things that you like, like uh, gothic and romance novels, uh, yeah. as well as TV shows like The Vampire Diaries. And I think uh, your nice uh, quote that I saw was, wild improbable high-speed fun slash punch you in the gut of a CW teenage drama. 
but this is just my own my where my own headspace is right now. I open up the first pages of the book, and there is a girl who's missing, whose name is Laura Hand, and immediately I go Twin Peaks, Laura. Mm. Palmer was that an intentional name or a hand Laura Palmer <laughs> you know it was not but I'm sure that it was subconscious uh, okay. right <laughs> I was in college when that show was coming out I honestly I didn't even watch all of the first series and so during maybe last year I, I was still catching up on all this TV mm. um, and I watched every single thing that was Twin Peaks that, that I could <laughs> and just loved it. And I thought, why why didn't I watch this all the first time around? And honestly, it's because I was in college and TV. I didn't have a TV, yeah. you know? Too and busy then I just learning. never got back to it. <laughs> well, I'm glad it made its way into it somehow, even subconsciously. <laughs> so the, yeah. book, the book is definitely about magic, but I think in equal parts it is about grief and the grieving process. You have this quote, like this simple sentence that immediately struck me where it says, Magic like grief could come welling up. Why did you decide to tie those two concepts together? This is a terrible question to end on, but I'm really curious. <laughs> no, it's a good question. I think because there are certain kinds of emotion, uh, love, horror, grief, that sometimes feel to us like they come out of nowhere and they feel so huge that it it feels almost like a a catastrophe or a, a wish is being granted. And, you know, if I'm trying to to get my readers to go along with me about what magic might be, you know, that not only is grief analogous to magic for me, it also, um, I think it, it opens that door for understanding what magic might feel like. It's amazing. It's a wonderful book. It's called The Book of Love. It's just out this week. From our MacArthur Fellow in the Valley, <laughs> who's a genius, <laughs> who spent some of that genius money to open a beautiful bookstore on Cottage Street in East Hampton. At which you can get this book signed on Saturday. Yeah, tomorrow, 3 to 5, and meet Kelly Link with uh, cookies. What kind of cookies are we going to have there, Kelly Link? Do we know? Do you know, I actually need to go out and get the cookies. The baker, uh, for excellent reasons, um, cannot bring the cookies but I will have some good cookies that are going to come from somewhere. <laughs> somewhere magical. Somewhere magical. That's right. <laughs> Kelly Link, thank you so much. Thank you all. This was fabulous, and it's great to see your faces. It's great uh, yay, to see yours, same. too. <laughs> Later in the show, Live Music Friday with Sophie and Adam playing at 33 Holly in Northampton tonight. Up next, a new contender enters the Wine Thunderdome, and they're bringing weird chips. We'll talk with Lauren and Miranda at the brand new Tip Top Wine Shop in East Hampton. You're listening to The Fabulous 413 on 88.5 NEPM. We have a new contender in the Tina Turner Memorial Wine Thunderdome. What's your name? Miranda Brown. Lauren Clark. Two wine shop owners enter. No. One, oh, no, we're not going to no. make you two fight. No, no. We're going to make your wines <laughs> fight. But this is one of the brand new fun wine shops going in the 413 Tip Top Wine Shop. Conveniently next door to my practice space. Yeah, Khaleesi's band <laughs> practice is right here. It's right near Daily Operation. It is in East Hampton. 
what's the name of this? This is arts and industry, is right? It's a keystone. Or oh no, Paragon. Par Paragon. There's like there's like five of them in a row, and everyone thinks the whole thing is Eastworks, and that's just not the case. But knowing the other names of the buildings is yeah. a little gets a little into the weeds. We say the Pleasant Street Mills. Pleasant Street Mills. If you go on that road that runs like all along them, you'll find this brand new-ish wine store. When did you guys open? Uh, beginning in November. Yeah, so you're pretty new here. Yes. Tell us about the vision, why you wanted to open a wine shop like Tip Top here in East Hampton, Lauren. There was no wine shop in East Hampton. That's accurate. <laughs> yeah. So having lived here for 12 years yeah. and yeah, that's accurate. The classic market opportunity. Mm -hmm. uh, plus we like wine and yeah. we didn't want to drive to another town to buy wine, so we opened a shop. Now we can get wine very easily. <laughs> you come from a wine background, right? A little bit. Miranda and I are both kind of more adjacent to wine. I've been a cocktail blogger. I've been a brewer. I've been an author of a beer book. I worked for an importer of aperitif wines. Right, which is where we met a long time ago. Yes, exactly. So yeah, it's uh, we've been not smack in the middle of the wine world, but kind of close to it. Mm -hmm. And and. We love drinking wine. <laughs> and Miranda, who's with a, a customer right now, also is involved in the fine food and wine industry, having worked with Coco, right? Here she comes back. You worked with Coco, right? Uh, yes, I was the pastry chef there for about seven years. So tell me about your relationship to wine. A lot of the people that ran Coco didn't drink. So I was the sitter downer with the wine reps when they would come in. <laughs> Don't you love when that happens? Yes, that's, I like, sincerely That's how I ended up being the wine buyer for my last kitchen job, literally. <laughs> Unlike me, who went way out of my way to incorporate this into my daily life and my weekly radio show for many years now. So what have the people of East Hampton and beyond been coming in and excited about here at this new wine shop, Tip Top? Uh, the potato chips. Let's talk about I know. Let's talk about the potato chips for a minute here. Tell us about your potato chip vision. So I was in uh, Japan about 15 years ago, and I went into a convenience store, and they had fried chicken flavored potato chips, and it literally blew my mind. I was like, "You can just make potato chips taste like anything you want to. Like, why aren't we doing that in America?" So it became a kind of hobby slash passion of mine mm -hmm. to just buy as many weird chips as possible. So when we opened the wine shop we were thinking of like little things we could pick up for people to just kind of buy on their way out the door and I was like oh maybe other people will like weird potato chips and it turns out that they really really do and it's become its own little thing. You have what looks like a display of 12 bags of weird potato chips. I may end up leaving with some or all of those Great. chips, because my family also loves weird chips. We're gonna open a bag of chips for the tasting. Ooh, all right. Also, shout out to how awesome Japanese convenience stores are on the whole. Like, the things that they do and the things that they carry are amazing. And if you are not in East Hampton coming to Tip Top to get your potato chips that are uh, maybe off the American beaten paths palette, shout out to Transworld Market on Route 9 in Hadley, which oh, yeah. was inspirational to you. Yeah, absolutely. We, we get chips from there from time to time. And they've been super great and super helpful. And there is one convenience store in Sunderland that has all dressed chips just like Canadian chip consumers love. So I refuse to give out my sources. This is technically a wine Thunderdome, not a yes, chip Thunderdome. Although you, you might be planning one of those for March, it seems like. Yes, considering a Munch Madness um, NCAA style bracket snack off. Oh my God. TBD on that one. Keep us in the loop. French onion soup flavored chips? 
Baked cheese. Baked, just baked cheese. <laughs> baked cheese flavored <laughs> chips. Yes. And these are Lay's potato chips, but from Japan? Taiwan. Taiwan. From Taiwan. Yeah, okay. Chinese. Okay. So should we have a chip first? Should we have the wine first? What are we Let's doing? Have the wine first. Yeah, we'll okay. have <laughs> it is a wine shop, tip top. We'll wreck our palates after we've had a couple sips. <laughs> I can't wait. So what's the first wine we're tasting? Well, we have two Austrian wines. Um, the first one is called Pouche de Libre. Uh, and it's made mostly of Zweigelt, which is a, a lighter grape, produces a beautiful, juicy, playful, chillable red. Mm-hmm. What's the second one? The second one is Judith Beck out, and that is a Zweigelt Blaufrankisch blend. Mm. And she's a great natural winemaker from Austria, does a lot of minimal intervention, great wines. They're delicious. Nice. So this is like the Schwarzenegger wine Thunderdome right here. It is, yes. What is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of your women. Yeah. I wish I had a good Arnold impersonation for you, Wait. but I don't have it. Nope. I'm just waiting for yours to show up. Me? Yeah. Well, I was just going to insert actual Arnold here. Okay, yeah. This is a chopper! It's not a tumor. <laughs> Although he was funny in the Super Bowl. Like a good neighbor. State Farm is there. Cut. Hey, Arnold, I'm hearing neighbor. It's neighbor. That's what I said. Neighbor. 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 Austria is a region that we're starting to see a lot more of and people are becoming more aware of, I feel like. What are some characteristics that you generally see in the region? What I really like about Austrian wine, I feel like there is a tension to Austrian wine that as a very anxious person, I relate to <laughs> on a cellular level. Right. It has nothing to do with the historical traumas that have exhibited in Whoa! Austria. Well, we went to there. <laughs> Immediately I go there. I go right to the sound of music whenever I think of Austria. Anti-fascist, <laughs> Nazi hater, Captain Von Trapp rip up a Nazi flag. That's Austria to me. What's gonna happen is going to happen. Just make sure it doesn't happen to you. Max, don't you ever say that again. You must help it. Okay. I want nuns <laughs> to disassemble your car so that you can't escape. Okay, anyway, <laughs> which one should we try first? Uh, we're gonna try the Pouche de Libre. It's a little bit lighter of the two. All right. Ooh, there's a, a high fruit, I would like would call it in my mind. Like, a little funk. But there's like a bright cherry. Mm-hmm. It smells light. And it looks like it's uh, Pinot Noir-esque in its, uh, in its color. I get a lot of cranberry off of this Oh, guy. yeah. This is really nice. We're not allowed to talk about prices specifically on public radio, but one of the ethoses behind this store is providing a bunch of wines that are affordable. I do notice that you have a Steely Dan theme here too, where you have a, a whole Hey 19 and under section. Yes, <laughs> it's true. Hey 19. And, I know, uh, oh, that was the first thing I noticed when I walked A in. giant foam cord Donald Fagan head. Yeah, at first I thought it was Gene Simmons and I was like, that's not Gene that's Simmons. A common, that's a common uh, question actually. <laughs> why Donald Fagan, why Steely Dan? We just love Steely Dan. Huh. My son goes to Bard, so there you go. <laughs> Steely Dan's alma mater. On first sip, this almost seemed effervescent. Absolutely, that is a correct thing to pick up. It's not sweet, mm-hmm. it, but it is very refreshing. Yes. Tiny little light chill on this, oh, yes. which you should do to all your reds anyway, I would say. Yeah, very be, chillable, very crushable. Yeah. Mm. Inaugural visit to Tip Top Wine Shop in East Hampton, a brand newish wine store. Wine number one. Pouche de Libre. Zweigelt. Oh. If it isn't P.L. Williams from Northampton Open Media. Hey, pal. 
We're doing a show. <laughs> what are you doing? Just getting wine? Yeah, just getting wine. And I love. I, I'm a fan of wine. He's not a plant. He just showed up. How you doing, Monty? Good <laughs> Nice to see you here. <laughs> Somebody's at the door. I wonder who it could be. <laughs> this is my first time here, actually. It's ours too. I've been meaning to come here. I'm a longtime Provisions customer and want to check out the new space. Yeah, we do Look the same thing. Spread the love. Yeah, absolutely. Look, if we some... public media people. Well, you're not technically public, but you're like you're open. We're open, we're open media. We're we're public media. We're just not we're not the gatekeeping public media. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. Funded by cable. <laughs> I know, right? Funded by cable TV. It's great. Oh. Want a drink with us? We might need a a tiebreaker, so it's safer yeah. if you say yes. We're tasting a Zweigelt from Austria. That's the first one. Can we do a wine Thunderdome where we may, we just? I mean, you know, we're not really gonna say you this one. Listen to our show. You even listen. You've been on it. How many times have you been on the show? Once. Only once. All right. You know, being on your show was actually tremendous. A lot of people came to the event we talked about on your show. It was the biggest turnout we've had. And a lot of people told me it's because they heard, they heard us on the show. Here's five bucks. What's your take on the Zweigelt, P.L. Williams? It's nice, it's elegant. It's got a lot of acid, has good structure. It's quality wine. What's the second one we're gonna taste here, Lauren? Out by Judith Beck. And so this is another Austrian one, right? Yes. Is it Blau Frankish? Mostly Blau Frankish, yep. It already smells heavier in a glass. This one is way darker. This one is uh, perfumey. This one has a little more funk to it, a little mm -hmm. more barnyard. Not too much. Yeah, yeah. but like mushroom composty. Yep. Yep. And chocolate. Blau Frankisch. Frau Bruja. I am Frau Bruja. Every time I hear Blau Frankisch, I think of that scene from Young Frankenstein, wherever they say oh. Frau Bruja, and, the, and then the horse neighs for no reason. <laughs> when I was a kid, the, the myth was that that was how you said glue in German, but it turns out not to be true. It's no. just a funny ongoing joke that she yes. just sounds like somebody that's going to scare the horses. Yes. And you're spooking me. I found out today by the, the blog that we, we, I showed you that you don't say that like you would trust somebody with your life in German. You say, I would go steal horses with them. <laughs> I just fell down one of those rabbit holes where I'm like, wow, German is fascinating. Yeah. German has a word for literally everything. Well, not literally everything, but you can probably portmanteau German into whatever you happen to need, which is how we also found out that there's a word for making yourself throw up between parties so you don't black out. It's called taktischer Zwischenkotzer. There's a word for the feeling you have on Sundays when you know you have to go back to work on Monday. Sonntagslehrung. It translates to Sunday emptiness. This is me. There's a word for the joy you feel being alone in the woods. Waldeinsamkeit, which means forest solitude. All right, the Blau Frankisch. Blucher. Wine number two. Do we got any for you there? For P.L. Williams from Northampton Open Media here in East Hampton, tip top bottle shop, brand newish, Blau Frankisch. Like immediately more tannic than the other one, yeah. like way more structured. Mm. Right? <laughs> Not as big fruit on the palate, yeah. but I do like the tannins. If you didn't know this, Tip Top is making a name for itself in, let's call it boutique potato chips. Oh, I think I'd heard that. I saw it on Instagram, perhaps, on your account. Mm. This is baked cheese, I believe, baked from cheese. Taiwan. Here, you can have the first one. We haven't, neither of us have had these. What an honor. Thank you. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Oh yeah, I definitely taste the cheese. Oh yeah, 
It doesn't taste unlike other chips I've ever had. It's not like so off the pale that you don't recognize it, but. It's subtler than the cheese chips you get from here. A little oniony. Actually goes pretty well with the Blau Franco. It actually does go pretty yeah. well. <laughs> it softens this immediately. What's the like your go-to right now? Like the one you're most proud that you brought to the store? Like all time or what we have in store at the moment? Both. I would say right now my favorite is the smoked pork rib. Oh my, oh my god. I think there's one of those left. Those have been going hard. We do have a spicy horse meat sandwich one from oh time to time. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm nauseous and we won't have to get into why I know that. Frau Bruja. The second one goes with those chips so much better. Oh yeah. Like the chips blow the first one like out of whack. All right. So right. what happens in the Wine Thunderdome, and this is our inaugural visit at Tip Top Wine Shop with Lauren and Miranda, who just opened this shop in East Hampton in November. We vote. It doesn't mean it's a better wine. It doesn't mean the other wine is not good. It just means like right now, <laughs> what wine do you want to take home with you today? P.L. Williams from Northampton Open Media. I'm going with the Blaufrankisch. Miranda's vote. I'm going Judith Beck. That's two for Judith Beck. Lauren? I'm a little partial to the Pouche de Libre, I have to say. I am also pushed to leave right. <gasps> that means I am the tiebreaker. <laughs> I just need a little lightness in this time of dark, and you know, I'm a sucker for a good porch mm. drinker. This is a tough decision. Make it easy, my brain is already taxed. <laughs> I think a lot of what Khalees said about this tough time of year, also the introduction of like Lay's potato chips from Taiwan is putting me in like a fun, hell be damned, throw caution to the wind kind of mode, so I am going with the Pouche de Libre as well, with that fun kind of soda-y, light, fresh feel. And that is our winner yeah, for this first Klaus. Wine Thunderdome here at Tip Top Wine Shop. <laughs> Again, both are great. I would be really curious what the out tastes like in like a day. And I'm really curious about your chip. Munch madness happening in oh, there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have really bad news for you. A customer just came in about the last Like literally <laughs> while we're doing this right now? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was going to buy that one for we us to share, and then I was going to buy the wine. rest. It's okay. Everybody wins. Life is full of ups and downs. I hope your first trip to um, Tip Top Wine Shop, P.L. Williams, was good. Every time you come in here, we'll be here now. This is really quite a welcome, and I, 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 I wasn't expecting it. I'm very surprised. Thank you very much. Congratulations. Looks like an amazing place. I'm going to shop around right now. Great. Thank you so much. Here's another five bucks. We don't need another Why is this version back? Tip Top Wine Shop is an underwriter of NEPM. Uh, however, we spent our own cash money on things there. I bought nine bags of little potato chips and gave them to my children as a Valentine's gift. Yes. And I said, but you, we all must open these bags at the same time and taste test them. And so the first one we opened was spicy duck tongue potato chips, which they did not like. And I thought were good, but a little sweet. But then I brought I them for Khalees to taste them because too. They're just mala flavored chips, which ends mala is a, a quality in China that is spicy and numbing. So I thought that they were delicious. Yeah, they were delicious, but only for like three or four, and then they felt too sweet. Oh, no, I ate that I can't whole... wait to try the scallops ones that I have at home. I ate that whole bag. <laughs> it's Live Music Friday, and up next, we welcome the duo Sophie and Adam, who are playing at 33 Holly in Northampton tonight. You're listening to The Fabulous 413 on 88.5 NEPM. The Fabulous 413 podcast is funded by Northeast Solar, helping customers make the switch to solar for savings, energy security, and tax incentives. Learn more at northeast-solar.com. 
Welcome back to the Fabulous 413. It is Live Music Friday, and we are joined by Sophie et Adam, a duo inspired by many singing traditions that they've crossed paths with on their musical journey. Pub songs from England, cabaret chanson from 1940s Paris, 18th century sacred harp singing, milongas from Argentina, Scottish ballads and singer-songwriter repertoire from Chile, and more. Regardless of the origin or the time period, they share music that moves them with their audiences. Individually, they collaborate musically with some of the most vibrant ensembles in New England. The Boston Symphony Orchestra, Boston Early Music Festival, the Lorelei Ensemble, A Far Cry, Blue Heron, Harvard University, the Trinity Church of Boston, etc., etc., etc. But as a duo, they create a warm and intimate moment in which time stops and music from around the world speaks. They were Boston-based, but they have moved out here to the fabulous 413. They're Welcome also to the West. <laughs> the driving force behind Tiny Glass Tavern, which the uh, architect of our uh, newsletter that goes out, Culture To Do, Carrie Larson was like, you've got to check out this band, Tiny Glass Tavern. And so we're really excited to have the duo that are part of Tiny Glass Tavern, Sophie at Adam, who are playing tonight, 730 Northampton Center for the Arts at 33 Holly with us for Live Music Friday. Take it away, Sophie at Adam. This is a song that was made famous by Edith Piaf. Paris, c'est qu'il est malheureux. Pas la, la, la. 
Canada Quand il est trop jaloux de ses millions d'amants Il fait gronder sur eux son tonnerre éclatant Mais le ciel de Paris n'est pas longtemps cruel For a good modulation. Oh, it's so, so, so stunning whenever that happens. That's, right? It works every time. It does. <laughs> Sophie it, Michelle. It does, it does not for everybody. So when That's it's pulled true. off well, it's awesome. Yes, and that was Thank pulled you. off well. Sophie Michelle and uh, Adam Simon, who are Sophie et Adam, the duo that are part of Tiny Glass Tavern, but the duo playing tonight, February 16th, 7.30, Northampton Center for the Arts at 33 Holly. When you're working as a duo, as opposed to your larger ensemble, I mean, like, and it is a, a kind of large ensemble. It looks like you're working with like six to nine people every time that you get Tiny Glass Tavern out. How do you build your programs? What's different that you consider? Yeah, we. Um, it's one of the really great things with Tiny Glass Tavern is that for every program, we get to work with um, different musicians who are all very eclectic musicians, but all in some way specialist in one particular style or the other. So every concert has a different uh, constellation of musicians, if that's the right way to talk about it. Um, sometimes it's just a quartet. Sometimes uh, it's uh, we had 10 musicians for our very last project in November with a harpsichord and string quartet. Yeah, and, like uh, a, a real harpsichord. A real harpsichord. <laughs> What's that giant instrument that that person played? I saw it looks like an oud, but it looks like 15 times the size oh, of a normal oud. I think you're talking about the theorbo. <laughs> the theorbo, which is, um, it's a very, it was a very popular instrument in the 17th century in Whoa. Italy and, and France. It's crazy and looking and amazing. I know. And That's it's like, probably why it was popular. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it, it functioned um, essentially as a lute and a double bass in one instrument. Wow. Um, but uh, basically, yeah, and we sometimes work with, sometimes we have musicians, well, the theorbo player actually is also a banjo player, so sometimes we get to integrate um, on top of early music, we have some Americana and some other sorts of things. And basically the idea of Tiny Glass Tavern is that we love um, to share a variety of different styles that we think uh, shine best, maybe, uh, in contrast with each other. So we have some early music, music from the 17th century, some earlier music still from the Renaissance medieval eras, but we also do 19th century art song, and then um, and then sometimes we do uh, 1940s French chanson, like we just <laughs> we just heard, or um, or even new music that was written sometimes finished a week before we performed it. So there's a little bit of a mix of things. And the idea is just a lot of different colors because um, because the different colors really make all the different styles shine. So that's the idea of Tiny Glass Tavern. Yeah. And, and your background, Sophie, you were born in London, raised in the Alps, but then were Boston-based and are now here in Western Mass. Uh, Adam, tell us about your musical background. What, what kind of parts of your palette get brought to Either the duo or the tiny glass. Sure, yeah. yeah. Well, I should clarify before we we talked. I, uh, I Sophie is actually the the artistic and musical director of Tiny Glass Tavern. I am but a a uh, side driving force, if you will. But um, <laughs> but I'm also a composer and a singer and multi instrumentalist. And being married to Sophie, I'm lucky enough to 
kind of be helpful in any way that I can for any of the programs. So awesome. sometimes it's playing a lot of instruments, singing. Um, sometimes it's composing. I think I've written something new for every single concert we've mm -hmm. done oh, or, awesome. or at least put together a new arrangement of a piece that I have written. And it's really fun because we get to work with, as you've pointed out, totally wild instrumentation. So uh, for the program, uh, for the last program, I wrote a, a, a new arrangement specifically for that bizarre ensemble with Theorbo <laughs> and piano strings and, and piano, piano and harpsichord at the same time, which is really fun and fun and weird. And an Irish whistle, yeah. So I kind of take it as a challenge of whatever wild and fun idea Sophie has, I get to go, okay, let's do something with that. That's amazing. So, um, yeah. The duo is Sophie at Adam, and they're playing 33 Holly in Northampton tonight. Sophie Michaud and Adam Simon. We're going to hear more from them coming up in just a little bit this Live Music Friday. You're listening to The Fabulous 413 on 88.5 NEPM. Welcome back to the Fabulous 413. It's Live Music Friday and playing tonight in Northampton at the Northampton Center for the Arts at 33 Holly is Sophie at Adam and they're gonna play another one for us right now. Yay! Hey, small sweetie, why have you killed my heart? I kept you in a cage, I kept you in a cage. Like a May nightingale, I kept you I fed you with sugar, yes I did, as if it were fine bread and cheese, my killer, my burner, my closest neighbor, hey small sweetie, I Playing tonight as a duo, 7.30 Northampton Center for the Arts at 33 Holly in Northampton. Um, your music is so beautiful, and I can't wait to see the entire ensemble of Tiny Glass Tavern. I know. I'm seems... really curious about this program that was supposed to be ha happening instead of the duo, but mm -hmm. due to COVID and protocols <laughs> is, is no longer happening mm -hmm. at this time, but mm -hmm. will be happening later. Because like anything with Saints, I'm always like, oh, hey, what's happening over there? <laughs> so curious what music you're putting together for that program. 
Yeah. yeah. That's going to be um, a cool project of all new music setting um, the the real and mythologized lives of the saints. And um, and it's it's really, um, it's not a particularly Christian project. Show per se. I mean, of, of course, the, the the saints are are, are the, the Christian saints, but it's the idea of what are these wild stories yeah. that right. that still live on, and how do we live our lives still thinking of that? Saint Valentine, Saint Patrick, Saint Cecilia, Saint Genevieve, and all these kinds of uh, all these kinds of things. We're looking forward to putting this program back together in June. We think, and um, all the pieces on that program are written by members of the ensemble, at least oh. that, that manifestation of the ensemble. So oh, myself, uh, Fiona Gillespie, Paul Holmes Morton, and Doug Balliott, all four of us have written an entire program of saint it, songs. And it's all <laughs> new music inspired by Baroque, uh, pop music, um, folk music. It's a real wild mix of, uh, of styles that I think really um, brings all these stories to life in a really fun way. So okay. hope to see you all in June for that. Yeah, we can't <laughs> wait to hear it. And we're glad that you're in our backyard now, living here in the 413. Uh, let's do our farewells, and then we'll hear one more to play us out, I think, yeah, this I Live think so. Music Friday. Next week on the Fabulous 413, we're checking out a whale in Amherst. <laughs> we're also checking in on our trans friends with photographer Jesse Frieden. We'll learn about seasonal festivities with the Nolambika Project's full snow moon gathering. We'll celebrate the 50th anniversary of Sam Lovejoy taking totally punk political action. And speaking of punk rock, Live Music Friday next Friday will be very different when we rock out with the punk duo Film and Gender. But we leave you this afternoon with the duo playing at the Northampton Center for the Arts at 33 Holly tonight, Sophie at Adam. This is a sweet song by Bayard Rustin, who was an incredible tenor and civil rights activist. And he learned to play the lute in prison. Uh, while he was when he was arrested for his for his activism and this is his song I saw her as I came and went I saw her queenly meek and mild as innocent as any A silence and a vacant room And in my heart a sudden gloom That I no more shall see Shall see her face There was a word I might have said, but what it was I hardly know. I let the days glide by and Say to the 
<laughs> that was so wonderful. Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you.